This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. <laughs> Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Thursday, September 15th edition of the show. And I am your host, Gary Seekers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. The show is powered by BetUS. It is America's premier online sportsbook. You can go find more over at BetUS.com or, or just saying, BetUSTV.com. That is where the BetUS College Football Show resides. I am, of course, the host over there. You can find that on YouTube. There is a link in the description. Let's go ahead and check that out. We have made all of our official picks for the week over there, so make sure that you have checked it out. If you haven't already, like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. We have got some pretty incredible stuff to talk about today. Uh, I love all of the news that happens during the week and whatnot. You guys know that I enjoy starting off the shows with that, so hey, why don't we just go ahead and dive into topic number one here, and that first topic, of course, Andrew Marchand says that ESPN and the Pac-12 are hundreds of millions of dollars apart on their, uh, I guess, negotiations for the Pac-12 media rights. And I, I got to tell you, I'm not totally shocked by this, but basically what that means is the Pac-12 thinks that they are worth significantly more than what ESPN is willing to give them. Uh, the fact that Fox is not in on this at all is a little surprising. Uh, it could mean any number of things. By hundreds of millions, that doesn't necessarily mean hundreds of millions in one single season. That means over a long period of time, right? Over five years or seven years or whatever it is. So let's uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to what he says on the Marshand and Orand show. Uh, he and John Orand uh, are the media gurus. They know everything that there is to know about this stuff. Take a listen to this. I think the Pac-12 and ESPN hundreds of millions of dollars apart. They are not even close. So that is going to be interesting uh, where that goes uh, in terms of negotiations and will teams jump? Because when you're that far apart, that means something has to happen. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't have information on this, but something just maybe a little conjecture. Do one of the digital players get involved with uh, the Pac-12, right? Apple, for example, loves to buy everything and then sell subscriptions. And they did that with the MLS. The Pac-12 just had this problem of not being, you know, with the Pac-12 network and you couldn't find it. And it's, you know, obviously not as successful as the ones that partnered with uh, Fox or ESPN, but money talks. And if Apple can make the case that we're going to pay you, we're going to bundle uh, the Pac-12 and they can get the money that they're looking for, uh, maybe that maybe they come into the picture. But right now, the issue for the Pac-12 and perhaps the Big 12 as well is just leverage, right? The, they've already spent a lot of money. So I think they're way, that doesn't make, that doesn't mean a deal won't happen, but they're going to somehow have to strengthen their hand if you're um, both, especially the Pac-12, I think. The Big 12 has already expanded a little bit, uh, and I think they could try to pick off some Pac-12 teams. So that is something to watch uh, for our college football fans out there. Yeah, I would be 
absolutely. Uh, I, I want to upgrade shocked. Gobsmacked. Is that more than shocked? I, it, it w- I would be gobsmacked if ESPN doesn't uh, find out uh, a way to do a deal with, with, with the Pac-12. I will, I will tell you this. There is no way that ESPN does not get a part of the Pac-12. That late-night window for them is so massively important. They are going to have to have it. Now, here's the big deal. I brought up on the show on Tuesday, Baylor and BYU did just a huge number. They're the highest for that late-night window in five years, since 2016, I guess six years. Uh, It's been a long time since they have had that many people. I think it was 2.3 million people, 2.4 million people watching in that 10.30 p.m. Eastern time slot. Here's the problem. Those two teams don't want to do that all the time, right? They are, it's it's mountain time for BYU. So you're talking about a 9.30 p.m. kick for them. That is, or excuse me, an 8.30 p.m. kick for them. It's late. Like, you don't want to do it every single weekend. So in order for the Big 12 to take up that late night window, they would have to take some of these Pac-12 schools. So what happens here, right? That's the question. The question here is, does ESPN partner with one of these digital uh, digital uh, uh, streaming networks. I'm going to get my words right eventually, I swear to you. But Amazon and Apple both were very interested in Big Ten rights. Do they want to dive in on these Pac-12 rights and get maybe, and this is a, we'll, we'll see, This is maybe they get the more tech-savvy college football fans that are, of course, on the West Coast. That seems to be and, and everybody thought that this was where this was headed years and years and years ago once these big-time digital media companies started getting into it. Everybody thought, eh, maybe Netflix dives into it. Maybe so-and-so and so-and-so. But Amazon and Apple appear to be the ones that uh, would bolster their subscription services the most by having these types of games on. So if you can find a way to get some Oregon games, to get some Stanford games, to get some Cal games, etc. Maybe this will work, right? Maybe Amazon comes in as uh, taking over the Pac-12 network or Apple or whoever, right? Uh, but they take over the Pac-12 network. That way, we have games where you can actually find them nationally as opposed to not being able to get the Pac-12 network because there's no way for a fan on the East Coast to really be able to get the Pac-12 network without going with one of these other streaming companies uh, that would be Hulu or whoever else. Whoever it is that carries the Pac-12, maybe Fubo. I don't even remember who uh, who carries the Pac-12 network. But this is the situation. Does ESPN just toss up the money? Or do they partner with one of these digital footprints? And I think that one of these digital companies is going to get some of this. I mean, we talked on Tuesday about the fact that George Klyovkov is incredibly excited at the idea of moving towards digital. He is focused on that. He wants to deal with Amazon, and now, of course, these guys bring in Apple. Somebody is going to get a part of that Pac-12 contract. They are going to make it worth their time and worth the effort to be able to put this on streaming as opposed to over linear television, and it's going to be interesting. Very, very interesting from there. Now, moving along, ESPN has another ESPN story. ESPN has said that they are willing to be flexible and to be creative with the new college football playoff expansion. Now, what's interesting about this is they have not really been willing to do this in the past. Right? We've seen it. Uh, But Jimmy Pitaro told Bloomberg that ESPN is going to be flexible about this. Uh, they want to continue airing the championship games. And now this has to do with the um, the idea of expanding it before 2026. Because after 2026, ESPN has zero say in the matter. But when you look at it, they said that they would triple the number of teams that play in the postseason to 12 as soon as 2024. Now, the new TV contract for the expanded college football playoff could be worth nearly $2 billion, a sum that would easily make it the largest deal ever in college sports. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Jimmy Pitaro said this, We've been clear to anyone who's interested that we are very willing to be flexible here and be creative in terms of this expansion. It says ESPN could consider sharing the rights, but wants to keep the championship game and several playoff games people familiar uh, familiar 
with the matter said. Now, here's the deal. ESPN does not want to foot the bill for all of this if they decide to expand before 2026. Yes, they have exclusive negotiating rights, but that doesn't mean that the CFP has to agree to whatever this deal is. So if ESPN is willing to concede some of the playoff games and yet keep the national title game for the last two years that they have the contract, they could get this thing done. Now, of course, the logistics are a completely different deal, right? With all of the uh, the sites that you have to figure out as far as the calendar goes, uh, is college football willing to start a week earlier for everybody so that they can get in like an extra week of playoff games, etc.? Like it, it's going to be interesting to see how they go about this. But it says if ESPN split the TV rights, it could create an opening for Amazon or Apple to gain a bigger foothold in sports uh, because both tech giants have become more aggressive in bidding on rights. I don't think that's it. It is. It's Fox. It's CBS, it's NBC, it's whoever, right? These are the ones that are really, really interested in getting this playoff. And we saw it, of course, with the Alliance. When they voted against CFP expansion with this exact same format, they voted against it because they wanted Fox to have a seat at the table. Or at least the Big Ten did, and they somehow convinced the ACC and the Pac-12 into doing that as well. But this is a huge deal. Because the fact that ESPN is willing to play ball early on this contract, that's huge. That's incredibly huge. So now we're going to see exactly what happens, but I think that this is I think this is getting done. I think it's going to be here by 2024. We got two more seasons before that starts. This is going to be a lot of fun to see which direction they end up going. Moving along... Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson has decided that he is going to step down. Now, that is a bit surprising to me because he is the only commissioner that the Mountain West has known, right? They put together this league, and they have been really, really successful. Uh, He's been there for 24 years. He doesn't look that old. Uh, Now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't looked up exactly what his age is, Um Let's go and pull it up on the screen here. We'll, we'll read off the the latest thing here, the news from the Mountain West. And it says, Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson announced today his decision to step down effective December 31st following 24 years at the helm of the conference. He said, My one remaining priority was expansion of the college football playoff and viable access for the Mountain West. I take considerable pride in my committed engagement to this effort over the past two and a half decades and look forward to the finalization of those details in the coming months. With CFP expansion accomplished and having invested almost a third of my life in the Mountain West, the time is now right for me to conclude my tenure and allow the conference to continue its momentum under new leadership. This is a pretty big deal. Now, I will tell you this. He did get done what he wanted to get done. He got the Mountain West a seat at the table because with the six conference champions are the six highest rated conference champions making it to the playoff. The Mountain West is going to have a shot at this year in and year out. Absolutely. The thing about it to me is that he wants to go on and get out of here because he knows that the Pac-10 is going to expand and they are going to take a Mountain West team. And when they do that, then they have to go through and find who they want to come in to replace whoever it is, San Diego State or whoever. And I don't think he wants to do it. I don't think he wants to deal with it. He's been doing this a really long time. There's been a ton of realignment over the years, and I am sure that he is tired. (laughs) I think everybody involved in college sports is just tired, and I understand exactly what he's saying. Uh, It says, Thompson, a 43-year veteran of athletic administration, has spent all but eight of those years sitting in the commissioner's chair, making him the only active FBS commissioner with more than 30 years of experience leading a multi-sport conference. That's insane. He really does not look that old. (laughs) He really doesn't. Uh, But apparently, I I can understand. Once you get done with what you want to get done, it is time to head off. Head off into the sunset. And I think that's what he's doing. Cheers to Craig Thompson. You got it done, brother. Very nicely done. Moving along, we got three more topics that we're going to hit on before we get into the week three preview. And I am excited about that. Uh, if you've not already, go and check out BetUS TV's Three Dog Thursday. Of course, today is Thursday. Uh, I have 
knocked out my competitors two straight weeks in the survival handicapping, or I guess survivor or handicapping pool. And uh, and yeah, I'm going to try and do it again against Matty Betts over on BetUS TV. So check out Three Dog Thursday. Matt Zenitz over at... Here, let's let's try that again. What do you say? What do you say? Matt Zenitz at On3 has reported that the NCAA is telling schools to withdraw recent transfer portal additions. Now, we'll go ahead and pull up the article here. It's This is very short, but incredibly important. It says, uh, despite the new NCAA transfer portal windows that went into effect August 31st, which were essentially supposed to end portal activity for football programs until early December, there had still been 19 Division I scholarship football players entered into the portal these last two weeks. Uh, it led to confusion for many football recruiting staffers around the country. It says that there is a resolution, uh, resolution now, though. The NCAA has informed schools to withdraw fall sport portal entries, including football, that have been created since the NCAA Board of Directors approved the transfer portal windows August 31st. Now, they're going to try and figure out whether or not graduate transfers should be exempt from this, but it's basically what they're saying is, and this is common sense, once that went into effect on August 31st, you cannot enter your name into the transfer portal until the window starts, which would be December 5th. I'm a little shocked that <laughs> that they have not just blocked the portal because if nobody's allowed to go in, then just shut that thing down, and then you don't have to worry about it. Now, of course, there's still going to be staffers that are watching this just to see, like, is this somebody that we can take? Is this, you know, what are we going to do here? I'm I'm curious if they will do this for grad transfers. Because it's not like you can transfer immediately. Like, it's some, so, includes, uh, uh, let's see, Clemson linebacker Sergio Allen, who went to the transfer portal on Monday. Well, he went to the portal on Monday. Let's say he was a grad transfer. It's not like he could pick up his equipment and just ride on down to Georgia and start playing for them the next week, right? It, they do not allow that. So what is the hurry with putting yourself into the portal? Like, we understand what the window is at this point. Just just stick with it. Very simple to do. And so the transfer portal stuff uh, looks like it is getting figured out. And I would imagine we're not going to see a bunch of these tweets about so-and-so has entered the portal until after the college football season is done. And that's a step in the right direction for sure. Uh, because I remember how crazy it was with Kelly Bryant at Clemson when he put his name in the portal like five weeks into the season. Yeah, definitely nuts. Definitely nuts. Uh, next on the slate here, definitely something that we have to talk about. The SEC has told Georgia and Tennessee that they need to cancel their upcoming series with Oklahoma that starts in 2023 and 2024. Now, let's let's get to the article first. This is uh, over at secsports.com. It says uh, they've directed Georgia and Tennessee to postpone scheduled football games versus Oklahoma because of the transition of Oklahoma into the SEC. It will not allow for the involved institutions to fulfill their respective contractual non-conference home-and-home appearance obligations. Basically, what they're saying, it, a lot of people freaked out, oh, Oklahoma's moving into the league early. No, that is not what this means. What this means is Georgia was scheduled to play Oklahoma in 2023. Tennessee was scheduled to play them in 2024. It means that the home-and-home portion of that contract was not going to happen because once they get into the league in 2025, now, granted, there is still a chance they could come in early. By 2023, highly unlikely. 2024, Maybe. 2025 is the scheduled date, right? Basically, what this means is y'all could get in one of these games, but the other half of the schedule is not going to work because they're going to be in the conference, and you're not going to want to play them in the non-conference, so you're going to have to cancel that anyway, so why not just rip up the whole deal? Now, Georgia has responded with going out and scheduling Ball State to replace Oklahoma, which, who you want to talk about a rough schedule. I mean, just, just brutal, just brutal for Georgia. 
Good gracious. Uh, Tennessee, I would imagine, will do something similar. I mean, who knows? Or they might end up doing one of those uh, opening week kickoff games. You never know. So we will we will figure it out, I'm sure. But this does not mean that Oklahoma is coming early, or Texas, for that matter. All it means is you cannot... How about this? Alabama is scheduled to play at Texas, I believe, next year, in 2023. Or excuse me, Texas is going to play at Alabama. They could get that in, in time. Right? Alabama played at Texas this season. Texas is going to play at Alabama next season. All of that will happen before Texas becomes a member of the SEC. So, yeah, the contract will be fulfilled. Oklahoma and Georgia and Tennessee would not have been able to make that happen. Easy enough. Easy enough. All right. Finally, last news topic of the day. And this one's a lot of fun to me. Anyway, the college football playoff national championship game is being moved. It will now kick off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time instead of 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But here's the kicker. This one's in Los Angeles this year. That means that the game is going to kick off at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time. 4.30 p.m. Local Time for those that are actually in SoFi Stadium. I mean, I guess that's good for traffic, right? I think it's a little crazy for everybody that's out there. Now, maybe they're all used to this. Maybe they're used to uh, starting these games at about 4.30 or 5 o'clock, right? 8 p.m. Eastern time means, well, yeah, we're going to go to the game at so-and-so time. And it's probably good out there. It's definitely good for um, everybody on the East Coast that wants to stay up and watch this game. ESPN is doing their best to hopefully, hopefully get more viewership on this game on a Monday night. Now, the NFL is one thing, but even NFL Monday Night Football viewership is down compared to all of the rest of the weekend, right? So why would you put the biggest game of your season on a Monday night in a late window? I mean, it's just absurd. So uh, I'm not surprised that they moved it. I'm surprised this is the first time that they really have. Uh, But it is strange for everybody that's going to be out in L.A., now, the question for me is, when can we get that game moved back to Saturday? When can we get a national title game on a Saturday? That's what I'm looking for. All right. Let's, uh, you know what? After this, we are going to knock into where is college game day going for week four, along with the week three preview. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back. Bet US TV has you covered every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff. Only on the Bet US TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports Show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And now, back to the show. All right, where is college game day headed for week four? Last week, we thought it would be Miami and Texas A&M, and then we said that the slate is a little weak, that I wasn't sure exactly where it would go. I tossed up a few options. They end up going to App State after App State gets that massive upset win over number six Texas A&M. It's going to be a lot of fun in Boone this weekend. However, next week, that is where it gets interesting, right? My number one guess for college game day for week four would be Florida at Tennessee. This would be their first trip to Neyland since 2016. And I know that they like Knoxville. It's a beautiful area, etc. There's been no real reason to go to Tennessee. Uh, Florida, coming off of a loss to Kentucky, but a big win over Utah. That is still a ranked team. That's This is a place they haven't been in a long time, and it is a rabid fan base with a whole lot ahead of them. So, so long as Tennessee can knock off Akron this weekend and Florida knocks off USF, that would be my guess as to where they would go. Uh, Clemson at Wake Forest is another possibility. I don't really see it. Now, they did go to uh, they did go to Wake Forest in 2020. Now, that was the COVID season, etc. Um, didn't really get to do a lot. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't really get to see what that fan base was all about. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, both of those teams likely to be undefeated next week, and both will be ranked. So, uh, the other options here that I've got down. Arkansas at Texas A&M. Now, that one could be very interesting. Um, the problem is Texas A&M already has a loss on the schedule to App State. So, it doesn't really matter what Arkansas does. I think it depends more on Texas A&M if they get that win over Miami. Now, it's not at a and It's at Jerry World. That's a neutral site. They really don't like doing those, so probably not going to do that one. Uh, you do have Minnesota at Michigan State. If Michigan State gets a big-time win at Washington this week, then I would imagine both of those will be undefeated. So, possibly, you head to East Lansing. Uh, the other good option here, Kansas State at Oklahoma. If both of those are undefeated, now, Oklahoma, of course, has Nebraska this week. Kansas State has Tulane. That's a tricky one there because there's a lot of hype around Kansas State. They're not ranked right now, but possibly you, you get a big win for Oklahoma at Nebraska if ESPN wants to try and boost Oklahoma a little more heading into the SEC here in a couple of years. Maybe you use this as a way to do that, but my guess would be that they will be in Knoxville for Florida and Tennessee. All right, the college football week three previews. And I am excited about this one. Who is going to get the highest ratings of the week? Here's what I've got. I think Penn State and Auburn is going to be the highest rated game of the week because I think there's going to be some crazy, crazy shenanigans going on in this game. There always is for Auburn home games in Jordan-Hare. Always. And, of course, Penn State finds ways to make games closer than they really should be. So I think you're going to get down to possibly a last possession kind of game. If you do that, there's going to be a lot of people tuning in to CBS in the middle of the day to watch these two big brand programs. Uh, The other that could end up with pretty high ratings, Oklahoma and Nebraska. I don't know what Scott Frost being gone will do to these ratings. I think these are two big-time brands. Two big-time fan bases that will be heavily invested in this game. So that one could be the highest rating of the week. Uh, along with that, A&M and Miami, my only issue with that is it is a later game. It's an 8 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Uh, excuse me, 9 p.m. Eastern time kick. I think that's going to hurt the ratings a little bit. Uh, BYU and Oregon, I think, could be really surprising in the ratings That one's going to be huge. Uh, And then you've got Washington, Michigan State. It's going to be on ABC. USC Fresno, the late window, could end up drawing maybe more than 2 million, possibly. Uh, We'll we'll have to see. But those are the ones that I think will get the highest ratings. Now, moving along from there, the most exciting games of the weekend, I have got Auburn and Penn State. I just told you about that one. I really think that those two... uh, there's just there's going to be all kind of voodoo happening in that stadium. It's going to be nuts. 
Uh, Oregon and BYU, I think it's going to be insanely exciting and really, really close. I think that's going to be a super close game. Kansas and Houston, you want to talk about exciting. I think you're going to see some massive plays, maybe some turnovers, maybe from Clayton too. Yeah, we'll see. But I think that those two, those two teams both can score. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And Houston has gone to overtime two straight games. Kansas went to overtime with West Virginia last week. I, I think that these two are pretty evenly matched, uh, despite what the spread says. Miami and, uh, and A&M, I mean, that, that's a desperation game for A&M, but Miami wants to use this as a springboard for their season. I know it's on the road at Kyle Field, but that one I think could be not necessarily exciting, but it could certainly be a really close game. Fresno-USC, I think you're going to see a ton of explosive plays. Just a ton of them. Because you know that Jake Hayner can throw that ball around. And you've seen what Caleb Williams has been able to do thus far uh, with Mario Williams and, of course, Jordan Addison. So that one could be a lot of fireworks for the late-night window on that. Now, which teams have the most to gain and the most to lose this week? I think Auburn. And maybe just one person. I think Brian Harson has the most to lose this week in a home game against Penn State. Uh, Oregon-BYU. Um, I think BYU has the most to gain this week. That one, of course, uh, a pretty big deal for them because, I mean, you they're already getting playoff talk two weeks into the season. They got a win over Baylor without their two best wide receivers, and now everybody's talking about, hey, you look at that schedule, might be able to find a way to get them in there. Uh, Notre Dame and Cal. Notre Dame, I think, has the most to lose here, right? Now, obviously, the most to gain because they would like to, uh, they would like to get their first win under Marcus Freeman. But they've also got the most to lose because, again, they don't have a win. And this is one of the easier teams on the schedule. Cal has looked pretty good so far with Plummer at quarterback. Of course, the the Purdue transfer. Um, the most to gain or lose here. Syracuse or Purdue, whichever one. If Purdue starts out the year one and two with losses to Penn State and Syracuse, I don't think things are going to go well there. Like I, I think I think Jeff Brom might be headed to Louisville anyway. But you start out one and two in a season that was supposed to be super promising, a chance to win the West, etc. Ah, that, that one's going to be tough. And for Syracuse, I mean, Dino Babers is fighting for his job every single week. What they're doing on offense under Robert and I has been a lot of fun. Kansas and Houston. Kansas has the most to gain because they could go over their season win total in week three. <laughs> their win total was two and a half. They could go over in just three weeks. Uh, Houston, however, this was supposed to be the New Year's six year. And then they lose at Texas Tech. Uh, you can't follow that with a loss at home to Kansas, regardless of how good Kansas is. Uh, Vandy, just like Kansas, most to gain because their win total was two and a half. They're sitting at two and one. So if they can win this game, I don't foresee them winning many more, maybe not any more, but I would imagine this is a pretty big deal for Vanderbilt as well uh, against Northern Illinois. Texas and UTSA. Texas has the most to lose here because they built up a lot of goodwill in that loss to Alabama. Now you got to go out even without your top two quarterbacks possibly and find a way to get this dub. You got to be able to beat the in-state I, I'm not going to call him little brother, but that's how Texas fans view it. UTSA should not be as good as Texas. And yet, Jeff Trailer, I know, is going to have a game plan for this. I know it's going to be insane. A&M and Miami, A&M, the most to lose. Holy mackerel. Uh, you cannot lose this game. You cannot lose this game. This thing has all the potential to go completely off the rails if they lose this one to Mario Cristobal and that bunch. Uh, but at the same time, Miami could use this as a springboard for the rest of their season. I got a plus 500 ticket on them to win the ACC, so it, this has nothing to do with that. But it would certainly help out their confidence. Definitely. Um, Arkansas against Missouri State. Arkansas's got the most to lose because Bobby Petrino is coming back home. You cannot lose to the guy that you fired. You can't do it. Don't do that, Sam Pittman. Now, I don't imagine that they will. They They should be able to run over. Missouri State with very little uh, pressure back. Uh, just no issues there. Who is the most likely 10-plus uh, point underdog outright winner? What double-digit dog is going to win outright this week? I've hit a couple of them so far. I 
Told you Kansas last week. Look out for Kansas. Kansas is not a double-digit dog this week, though. They are a nine-point underdog right now. Texas Tech is a 10-point dog at NC State. Now, I would imagine that NC State will be able to handle this one at home. But there is not a more volatile college football game on the schedule this weekend. Period. Donovan Smith has the ability to win this game outright for Texas Tech. On the other side, NC State with their defense and that Tech offensive line. I mean, Donovan Smith gave up five sacks last week and threw two interceptions. Still won the game against Houston. NC State's a different beast on on defense. And those linebackers could absolutely, those edge rushers could get to him and they could get him to turn the football over and it could be an absolute debacle. But he could also do some really fun things, right? He can be mobile. He can find what Devin Leary, we have seen, uh, he has been throwing several interceptions as well. He has turned the football over as well. So if you can get something out of Donovan Smith, maybe you make this game really, really exciting. Texas Tech plus 290 over at BetUS. UTSA plus 375 over at BetUS right now. Look, I understand. Texas played Alabama insanely well. It was awesome. But now you've got a bunch of guys hurt. You are beat up. You are banged up. Uh, you you have... I don't, I don't even know who Texas plays next week. Let's look this up right now. Texas football schedule. How's that? Um, but that's this could be a look-ahead spot, I would imagine. It's not, but still. Um, I mean, you look at this. Let's see. Texas football schedule, they have got... They host... No, they go to Texas Tech next week. Now, I don't imagine that they're looking past UTSA towards Texas Tech, but you cannot lose this game if you're Texas. If you're UTSA, uh, yeah. But yeah, UTSA plus 375, I think it could get a little tricky in Austin on Saturday night. Georgia Southern plus 340. They are more than a 10-point underdog at UAB. Look, UAB turned the football over four times against Liberty last week. You do that again? Georgia Southern could make you pay. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that UAB's defense is really good. I think that they should be favored in this game. Georgia Southern, this is an emotional letdown spot because they just got off the road, just completely ending uh, Scott Frost's career up in Lincoln. But they've shown that you give them an opportunity, they're going to take advantage of it. So Georgia Southern plus 340 is an option here. South Alabama. We've already seen what the Sun Belt East has done. Let's see what the rest of the Sun Belt can do. South Alabama plus 410 at UCLA. Only a 15.5 point dog right now. Opened at 13.5. It's going up. Kind of like South Alabama in this one. I don't know that they can win the game outright, but they certainly have the dudes. I mean, Carter Bradley's been awesome. He and Jalen Wayne have been so good together. Uh, Fresno plus 375 at USC. All of the turnover luck has gone USC's way thus far. Um, it's possible. Let's just say it's possible. So, all right. The G5 game of the week this week. There's not a lot of options because we are, of course, in non-conference play. Of course, first month of the season. So, a lot of these G5s are playing P5 schools. I don't really like to include those. I did include Houston and Texas Tech last week because uh, it was a massive game for Houston as far as the New Year's Six stuff goes. But this week, G5 game of the week, App State against Troy I believe. And then the one that I just talked about, Georgia Southern against UAB. Uh, Troy, a massively talented defense. I mean, just ridiculously talented defense. But App State, of course, coming off that win against Texas A&M. And along with that, you've got App State has destroyed Troy for over and over and over again, however many years, four, four straight years, I think, somewhere around there. And you've got college game day coming to boot. Like, I don't know that Troy can get the win. I think they could certainly cover. They could certainly cover. But Georgia Southern uh, going to UAB, I don't think is that crazy of a spot, but it is another letdown spot for them. App State, letdown spot for them. Georgia Southern, letdown spot for them. One of them's on the road. One of them's at home, et cetera, et cetera. So G5 games of the week there. All right. After this, we are going to knock out the against the spread pick them for this week. I've got 12 games that we are going to roll over. Let's check out some things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures. And you can follow Gary at Gary WCE. You can also follow on Facebook. 
Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one? Or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show too. Subscribe on YouTube to get not only full Winning Cures Everything shows, but individual segments and other goodies as well. We're over 6,000 subscribers, and our goal by the end of the year is 7,500. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com, and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. And now, back to the show. College football week three against the spread. This is the under the radar pick 'em. Week one, I went nine and three. Week two, I went five and seven. Not nearly as good last week, but that's okay. We're getting back on this wagon. Ah, 14 and 10 against the spread thus far on the season. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Game number one Western Kentucky heads to Indiana. And the Hoosiers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total sits at 62 to 12 p.m. Eastern time on the Big Ten Network. Uh, this one opened Indiana at seven-and-a-half, and the line has moved towards Western Kentucky on this. Uh, Western Kentucky, four-and-one against the spread. Their last five on the road, five-and-two against the spread. Their last seven non-conference games, so they have certainly looked good. Indiana, five-and-two against the spread against Conference USA. They are one-and-six against the number in their last seven at home and they are 1-4 and four against the spread in their last five non-conference games. It appears to me that this team for Indiana is better than they were last year. And that, that team last year, now at Western Kentucky, is not as good as they were last year. Indiana is better than they were. Indiana won this game 33-30 to last year. Like, I mean, it was right down to the wire. But Indiana only got two wins last year, and this was one of them on the road at Western Kentucky, now, the Hilltoppers have to go back to Bloomington. Look, WKU is coming off of a bye. Uh, Indiana did not look great last week. They were down 10 to nothing at the half against Idaho, but they came out, they scored 29 points unanswered. They went touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. T- I mean, it was just surgical how they did in the second half. In the first half, it was fumbles, it was interceptions, a turnover on downs at the two-yard line that Idaho then took 98 yards for a touchdown to make it 10 to nothing. I mean, all these different things. Um, it, Western Kentucky, the numbers show that they've been pretty good against the pass, but their strength of schedule is number 121 in the country. Indiana is throwing the ball 57% of the time, and they've been pretty decent. I like DJ Matthews. I like what Counter Bazelak's doing. Like, they found a way to make these guys successful. I'm going to ride with Indiana here to cover the 6.5. I like what they're doing in Bloomington right now. And I think they will cover this weekend. Moving along, Georgia at South Carolina. South Carolina is a 24-and-a-half-point home dog. Latest line over at BetUS. The total sits at 55. It's 12 p.m. Eastern time game on ESPN. Uh, looking at the trends here. Georgia 20-6 and against the spread after a spread loss. They did not cover that huge number against Samford last week. Only won 33-to-nothing. They, they were not interested in that game, not in the slightest. And they've got a game next week against Kent State. This is their sole focus right here is on this game. Uh, they are 35-16 and 16 against the spread in their last 51 road games. That's absurd. That, I mean, that is just unbelievable numbers there. Uh, South Carolina 4-1 and one against the spread coming off of a straight-up loss. They certainly did lose at Arkansas last week. Four and one against the spread their last five home games. However, they are three and twelve against the spread in their last fifteen against the SEC. This is in fact an SEC game. Uh, South Carolina's offensive line could not block Arkansas. I don't see how they are going to block Georgia this weekend. You're going to have to basically hope for turnovers and field position luck. And South Carolina typically would have a special teams advantage over most teams. Uh, I don't think they necessarily have it against Georgia. Um, Georgia, in non-garbage time, is throwing the ball 65% of the time. Uh, South Carolina, their defense can stop the pass, but I think this is just an overwhelming game. I think that Georgia takes it out on South Carolina. I know it's a big line. I'm going to take Georgia to cover 24.5, even on the road here. All the trends line up, and South Carolina being down two additional defenders now, um, 
I haven't seen enough out of Spencer Rattler yet. And I think Georgia can really, really confuse him. So I will take Georgia to cover 24 and a half here. Moving along, we have got Cal going to Notre Dame. And this one, Notre Dame favored by 11, latest line at BetUS. The total sits at 40. This is 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Tyler Buckner, of course, is out for Notre Dame for the rest of the season. So Drew Pine, it appears, is the guy. Cal is 16-7 and against the spread their last 23 road games. They are 5-0-1 coming off of a spread loss. And they only beat UNLV 20-14 last week. It was a last-minute defensive stand that got them the W there. Notre Dame 5-2 against the spread following a spread loss. They are 11-5 against the spread against winning teams. They are 8-2 against the spread in their last 10 games. But I got to tell you, Notre Dame in the trenches, that ain't it. Now, I don't know that Cal is a whole lot better, but I will tell you that Cal with... The plumber kid from Purdue has been surprisingly good in the passing game. Uh, I don't know that Notre Dame can score on Cal's defense. I think that Cal will be able to hang with them in this game. 11 points feels like it's too much. I'm going to ride with Cal. I mean, they have been money on the road under Wilcox. So I'm going to take Cal to cover the 11 here. I mean, it's just it's a weird spot for Notre Dame to be in. Normally, they cover these kind of games. Normally, they handle the games that they are supposed to. So, moving along after that one. Tulane at Kansas State. What a fun, fun matchup this is. Of course, everybody knows how much I love Willie Fritz if you've watched the show for any length of time, but also enjoy Chris Kleiman. I know what he's doing with Adrian Martinez. They're not throwing the football a whole lot. Uh, Kansas State, a 14-point favorite. Latest line over at BetUS. The total sits at 47.5, 3 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN+. So, this one's not even on regular linear television. This one's only on streaming. Uh, Here's the first thing you need to know. Kansas State is playing Oklahoma next week. So this is a bit of a look-ahead spot for them. Tulane 4-0 against the spread in their last four games overall. They are 9-4 against the spread in their last 13 non-conference games. However, they are 2-5 against the spread their last seven against winning teams. Kansas State fits that bill. Kansas State 4-0 against the spread in their last four non-conference games. They are 5-1 against the number at home in their last six. Uh, Looking at this, Tulane, I mean, their quarterback, Pratt, has been awesome thus far this year. But they've played UMass and Alcorn State, I believe it was. I mean, just no competition whatsoever. Uh, Tulane, I mean, they've been great at stopping the run. But again, strength of schedule here. Kansas State... Oh, excuse me, number 128, strength of schedule. That's where they sit right now uh, out of 131 teams. Kansas State, I mean, they smoked Missouri's passing game last week. They just shut them down. And if that's what Tulane has to lean on because their running numbers thus far this season have not been good, I'm I'm interested in this one because I don't think that Kansas State would have to do too much to be able to cover by more than two touchdowns here. I know everybody's on Tulane because of the spot. I understand that. And I think Tulane is going to be a good football team. I think Kansas State outmans them here. This line opened at BetUS at 17. It's down to 14. It opened at 20 at some of the other books. It's all the way down to 14 points. It's moved that much. I, that's too much for me. I like Kansas State here to cover the 14. I think they are significantly more talented, especially in the trenches, than Tulane. Now, Tulane's going to be fine in AAC play and against some of these other teams that they have to play this season, but not against Kansas State. Kansas State looks like a juggernaut right now. Liberty. Liberty heads to Wake Forest. And Wake Forest is a 16.5-point home favorite, courtesy of BetUS, of course. Uh, The total sits at 63.5. It's 5 p.m. Eastern time on the ACC network. Uh, Going through, I mean, Sam Hartman came back last week and absolutely rolled through Vanderbilt uh, just a ton, ton of points. Liberty 0-4 against the spread their last four on the road. They are 8-3 against the spread their last 11 against the ACC, and that's definitely good, but Wake Forest has been pretty good at home. 11-5 against the spread at home. Uh, anybody that's watching the video sees me scratch my nose, my apologies, because, my God, the uh, the allergies are just ridiculous in Memphis right now. Uh, Wake Forest 4-0 against the spread in their last four non-conference games. 
like I said, 11 and 5 against the spread at home. Uh, however, you look at you look at Liberty. Their last 23 games overall, they are 16 and 7. Hugh Freeze finds a way to stay in these games and to sometimes win games that he's not supposed to. Uh, Liberty is number 117 in PPA per pass. I don't know. I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with Wake Forest here. It's not that Wake Forest has a great defense by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, I love Salter, but you're going to have to throw the ball to be able to keep up here. And I don't know that I've seen enough from him as far as actually generating points to where I think that they're going to keep up. This seems, I love having the hook here. I'll take Wake Forest minus 16 and a half. I think, uh, I think they could run them out. Like, Liberty has been a fun story this year, but this this could be this could be where the rubber meets the road. Mississippi State heading to Baton Rouge against LSU. The Tigers, excuse me, the Tigers are a two-point home underdog. Lions courtesy, of course, of BetUS. And the total sits at 53 and a half. Now, 6 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. That means this game is going to end as a night game in Death Valley. LSU, so far, uh, the numbers are not good against the pass. E- even last week against Southern. Um, that's not good when you got Mike Leach coming to town, right? Mississippi State 5-1 and one against the spread after a spread win. They got that at Arizona last week. They are 5-1 and one against the number on the road. Yeah, everybody remembers what they did two years ago when they came to Baton Rouge. K.J. Costello threw for about 1,500 yards in one game because Bo Pelini would not drop uh, defenders. Four and one against the spread against the SEC in their last five. Mississippi State has something rolling here. LSU one and four against the spread after a straight-up win. They got that over Southern last week. They are 0-3-1 against the spread their last four after getting a spread win. They didn't see a ton of them last year. Um, they did get a spread win last week against Southern. I mean, they absolutely blew their doors off last week. Um, but again, that's Southern. It's a different deal. I, I like Mississippi State here. Uh, the Mississippi State defense is awesome. I think that those edge defenders are going to be able to keep Jalen Daniels in the pocket, Jaden Daniels in the pocket. I I like State. I think this is a really good team. And LSU, yeah, they got some things to figure out and whatnot, and this is not a good time to have to play. A really, Remember, I've told you in the past, Mississippi State, one of the oldest teams in college football. This is not a good time to have a bunch of transfers trying to figure it out, even at home. So give me Mississippi State to cover two. Let's see. Texas Tech heading to NC State. The Red Raiders. NC State, a 10-point favorite, and the total sits at 56. And, of course, the line's courtesy of BetUS. 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. Looking at this, Texas Tech, 6-0 against the spread following a spread loss. Uh, I think they closed 3.5 favorites over Houston last week. Uh, They are 0-4-1 against the spread after a straight-up win, but they are 5-2 against the spread in their last seven road games. Uh, NC State, however, really, really good at home. Now, obviously, you saw they didn't perform well at ECU, but 11-3 against the spread in their last 14 at home. They are 1-4 against the spread after a spread win. Uh, My number on this was NC State by 8.5. This is a highly volatile matchup. I I don't think that I'm going to play this one. However, since this is the pick-em part of the show, I am going to give a pick on the show and I'm going to take Texas Tech to cover the 10 because my number is at 8.5. Donovan Smith had five sacks and two interceptions against Houston, or whatever the number was. Uh, NC State's defense is a different beast than what Houston had. It's just bananas what he can do on offense, though. He's got a cannon for an arm, uh, as Parker said on the Bet U.S. College Football Show. He, he could single-handedly win this game, or he could single-handedly lose this game for Texas Tech. It's all over the place. The variance in this college football game is going to be absolutely insane, and I cannot wait to see what happens. Cannot wait, but I will take Texas Tech plus the 10 here. Uh, The line opened at 9.5. It's up to 10. I understand it, but I will take Tech uh, plus the 10 just because I anything could happen here. Tech could get blown out by 30 points. 
or they could win the game outright. I mean, you never know. So I will take Tech on that one. Toledo heads into the shoe. That's right. Ohio State, a 32-point favorite. Total sits at 62.5 over at BetUS, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Of course, they got to put the Buckeyes on national television, even against Toledo. I get it. Uh, Toledo 7-1 against the spread. Their last eight on the road. They are 2-6, however, against the number against winning teams. Ohio State is certainly that. Ohio State 1-6 against the home in their last seven non-conference games. They are 4-9 against the spread in their last 13 at home. And they are 9-4 against the spread against the MAC. So, uh, some trends that are going in different directions here. Look, Ohio State hosts Wisconsin next week. Um, is this a look-ahead spot for them? I mean, do, does Ohio State look ahead to Wisconsin? I mean, do they do they really care about that game? Uh, Toledo's defense has been uh, pretty awesome. I mean, it just just pretty awesome. They can they can turn this into a game. They can also move the ball pretty slowly. Um, what I'm curious about is the quarterback, Daquan Finn for Toledo. How does he look in this game? In the last game, which was just an absolute blowout win over, I believe, an FCS team, he was 12 out of 26 passing. Now, they had a ton of yards and everything, and they won the game going away, but 12 of 26? Like, I know he had 74 yards rushing. I don't know that you're going to be able to do that against Ohio State. Um, but look at this. I, like, I think Toledo, in-state matchup, et cetera. Ohio State got a big game coming up next week. Situationally, Maybe Toledo plays up, Ohio State plays down. I'll, I'll take the Rockets plus thirty-two. I, I think I think that they can keep this within about thirty-one, uh, <laughs> which is not something you really necessarily want to bet on. But uh, since I'm picking them on the show, I will take Toledo plus thirty-two here. Arkansas State heads to the Liberty Bowl to face off against the Memphis Tigers. Memphis is a 14-point favorite. The total sits at 65.5 over at BetUS right now. 7 p.m. Eastern time game on ESPN+. Uh, Arkansas State, 9-1 and one against the spread in their last 10 non-conference games. Uh, that includes a cover last week at Ohio State. They are 8-1 uh, against the number in September. So they normally start off well against the spread, and they are 4-1 and one against the number against AAC opponents. Memphis 3-12 and 12 against the spread coming off of a straight-up win. They are 1-4 and four against the spread in their last five games overall. That one right there was last week's win over Navy, which looks to be just completely hapless. Uh, just awful. Uh, Arkansas State has covered the last two years against Memphis. Uh, both teams have really bad pass defenses. Um... Memphis has a better passing offense. Now, with that said, I do think because of the location between these two teams, uh, Jonesboro is only about 80 miles away from Memphis. I I look at what Butch Jones is building there. I think that they can stay in this game. I don't know that they can win this game, but I will take Arkansas State to cover the third or the 14 right here uh, because I think that they can. They've got pride about themselves, especially locally. You don't want to go just right down the road and get run out of the stadium. I don't imagine that they will. Uh, I don't know that Memphis can really blow out a ton of teams. I know they did Navy last week, but I think that's a different ordeal. Uh, I think Arkansas State can keep up offensively. I think I, I think they got some weapons on offense. I would look for them to stay within the 14 on this one. Three more games to go. USF heading to Gainesville. Now, this is an interesting game. Florida, favored by 24 at home. The total sits at 60 lines, courtesy of BetUS. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network. South Florida, they play slow, and they got a good quarterback. That's definitely, definitely good here. Um, that total of 60 is just bonkers. Just bonkers to me. Uh, South Florida, 14-3 and against the spread. Their last 17 following a spread loss, and they did not cover last week. So... Uh, they are two and five against the spread on the road. They are two and five against the spread. Their last seven against SEC opposition. Florida, however, I mean you look at last year's numbers, just brutal. One and five against the spread in their last six at home. They are one and seven against the spread. Their last eight non-conference games. They are oh six and oh excuse me oh and six 
against the spread after a spread loss, which last week certainly was, considering they were favored over Kentucky and got beat. Just, uh. um, USF has been pretty good on the ground. I, I'm curious about Florida's defense. They Their numbers so far against the run have not been impressive. Uh, this looks like a game that South Florida could maybe slow down a little bit. If they do, I like them to stay within the, the 24. So I'm, I'm going to take the Bulls plus 24. I don't think that they can win, but I think you can get maybe an interception off Anthony Richardson. You can make Florida make a mistake or two. You can hold on to the football, and you might be able to score a couple of times against that defense. Uh, I'm looking at something like 30 to 14, you know, somewhere around there, whatever it is, 31 to 14. Uh, they can keep it within 24. I, I would certainly, certainly think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, USF plus 24 on that one. Next one up, San Diego State heading to Utah in a revenge spot. Yikes. Uh, Utah favored by 21 points at home. The total sits at 49.5. This one's 10 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. Of course, latest lines courtesy of BetUS. Revenge game. Revenge game, revenge game, revenge game. Utah has an offense. San Diego State does not. Uh, looking at the the trends, of course, San Diego State 9-4 and four against the spread in their last 13 against non-conference opposition. 2-6-1 and one against the spread in their last nine overall. Uh, the defense, yeah, defense is good. But, man, that offense cannot score. Uh, Utah 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six at home. They are 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight against the Mountain West, even though they lost to San Diego State last year. Uh, and they are 2-11 and 11 against the spread in September. But I think that they are getting this monkey off their back. Utah, I know they've got Arizona State next week. But I, Utah, I don't believe, is going to turn the ball over like they did against Florida. I don't think that San Diego State can score if Utah doesn't give them the ball. That's just my outlook on this. I'm going to take Utah minus 21. I like it all the way up to 24. I think they're going to smoke them. Uh, I mean, they put up 73 last week. You're not going to be able to do that on San Diego State. But this defense is not as good as it was last year. So I, I look for Utah to put up points in bunches in this spot for sure. Give me the Utes. Give me the Utes. Finally, last game here. Fresno State heads to Southern California inside of Memorial Stadium. The total is 74. USC is a 12.5-point favorite latest line, courtesy of BetUS. Uh, USC, in their first two games, has 49 points off turnovers. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit for a minute and let you digest that. 49 points off turnovers in two weeks. That's nuts. I don't think they're going to get that from Fresno State this week. Not at all. Uh, Fresno, 6-1 and one against the spread against the Pac-12 in their last seven. Of course, the loss, I believe, was last week. Uh, <laughs> they are 28-1 and one against the number after a straight-up loss. They are 22-8-1 in their last 31 on the road. Seems like pretty good trends, right? USC on the other side, everybody knows how bad it was under Clay Hilton or under, uh, I went blank, whoever the interim was last year, right? Last year was not a good year for USC, so these trends don't exactly shine a good light on the Trojans. 5-11 and 11 against the spread in their last 16 non-conference games, 2-5 and five against the spread their last seven at home. They are 1-4 and four against the spread after a straight-up win. Uh, here's, here's the question. Can Jake Hayner and Fresno keep from turning the ball over? That's the biggest question. Uh, the Williams passing game, I mean, Mario Williams and uh, Jordan Addison, along with Caleb Williams, and then Travis Dyes. I mean, that offense is loaded, and that offensive line has been spectacular. I don't think Fresno is going to stop USC from scoring. However, I don't think the Hainers going to turn the football over a whole bunch, and I think they're going to be able to score on that USC defense. Do I like USC to win the game? Yeah. Do I like Fresno to cover the 12 and a half? Yes, I also like that as well. I also like that as well. All right, that is going to wrap things up for today's show. I am so pumped about this weekend. I hope that you guys are as well. Head over to BetUS. They are who brings you the show each and every week. If you have not already, 
sign up for the picks contest. You can go over to winningcureseverything.com, check it out over there. It's the contest page right there on the website. Easy enough to do. Or you can just follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. I post that thing out, especially more towards the end of the week. Make sure that we've got a ton of competition for you guys. Whoever wins gets a $25 Amazon gift card. And if you have a BetUS sign-up account or a BetUS account or whatever, uh, you get a $50 free play as well. So go ahead and make sure that you are taking advantage of that. Jump into the contest. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. You guys are awesome. You're always awesome. And I really appreciate you for watching the show, sharing it out. The numbers are doing fantastic. I can't thank you enough for that. You guys are really, really fun. Uh, Jump into the comments. I want to know your thoughts on the week. What games should I be looking at? What games should I be watching out for, etc.? I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. With that said, for BetUS and for WinningCuresEverything.com, you guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.